Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello and welcome to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science inside podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week, we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host, Aditi Kuti. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to Self-Improvement Atlas. Um, I'm here today with Erica Miles, financial representative. Um, Erica, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We are going to be talking about insurance protection, um, specifically life protection, savings and investments, and I guess going through all of the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming pretty nuanced differences between the three of them. Um, and we're going to be diving deep into that. It's way more interesting than it sounds, I'm sure. Uh, but <laughs> I thought uh, first I might let you introduce yourself, Erica, and tell the audience a bit more about you. Yeah, so um, Erica Miles, um, my background is in banking and um, transitioned to this side of finance because I love the one-on-one with clients and there's a lot of information that I feel like we're missing and someone needs to take the time to be able to sit down and actually build a relationship versus just offering products and making sure that the whatever they're trying to implement, regardless if it's protection, whether it's planning, that those um, items actually fit what that person needs and not just sell a product just because you think they need A, B, and C. Yeah, insurance is something that pretty much everyone gets at some point in their life around something, and yet it's such a mystery. Uh, it, there's so little uh, literacy around this kind of thing, I think, that, uh, right. that it, it'll be nice to kind of demystify that a little bit today. Absolutely. Um, I we, We're going to talk a lot more about that in detail uh, a bit later in the episode. But first, we've got a section called Have You Met Erica Miles, um, in which uh, I ask you a couple of questions so that the audience can get to know you um, and get a bit warmed up. Are you happy to answer them? All right, let's go. All right. What is your favorite book? So I have two books. Um, my The book that I'm reading now is How Money Works by Tom Matthew, um, Steve Sebo, and um, Andy Horney. And it's just a great book. Um, they also have another book called How Money Works for Women. So I'm really excited about that book coming out. And of course, Thinking Grow Rich. I love that book because everyone can apply those techniques and be able to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Two book recommendations is always better than one book recommendation, I absolutely. think. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, what about a favorite movie? So I love all the Star Star Wars movies because um, I, I feel like family time. Like my whole family is huge Star Wars fan. It's a time for us to come together. I mean, we've all seen them, but we watch them just like we have it. And I just I just love the family time that comes with movie night. Do you have one um, that's your favorite over the others? Not necessarily. I love all of them. I mean, the art is just fantastic in all of them. I mean, I, I love all of them. Do you have one trilogy that you prefer over the others? <laughs> Maybe the return of the Jedi. I don't know. I love all of them. I, yeah, I fair enough. I sit there and watch 
what episode I have another and just be just satisfied. Oh, I love that. I For me, I can watch all of them except episode nine. That's the one I skip. Um, but the rest of it, <laughs> I will watch over and over again. <laughs> Uh, what about the a podcast that you've been really into lately? I am huge on like meditation. And so I do a lot of meditation and I love podcasts about meditation because um, I think controlling your thoughts actually sets the atmosphere and actually sets your day. So any podcast dealing with meditation, mindfulness, making sure you stay focused, making sure you stay motivated, I'm all about those podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Mindfulness is actually, um, it comes up so often um, in our, uh, in our show, like and for topics that I never would have assumed mindfulness could even come in handy. So it's, it's pretty cool how useful mm-hmm. meditation and mindfulness practices are in pretty much every aspect in life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, what is a famous role model that you've looked up to? Um, Harriet Tubman is probably one of my favorite because when I was in school, I had to do a project about her and I just felt like she was just driven. Like she had like one mission and she wasn't about to stop. And I feel like we can still use that today with just having a mission and, and whatever obstacle comes your way, just be willing to face it. And at the end of the day, we go and finish this assignment. And I just love that about her. Yeah, I mean, I think about everything she does and even just has done, not does. Uh, she's not qu- quite alive at the moment, <laughs> but did in the past. Um, and I just get tired even thinking about it. Like, I think like if I had to be in that situation where I was saving, you know, n- not just my kind of people, my fellow slaves, but also essentially an entire group of people Correct. <laughs> and standing Correct. up for them. Oh, I don't know if I could do something like that, but it's always good to have, it's always good to have someone there as proof Uh that it can be done. Yeah. I think. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What's the last course that you've completed? Um, My life and health. That's the last course I took. Um, That is actually the license that you have to have to actually be qualified to talk about life insurance and be able to like sell those products. So that was the last course I took. Right, right. Yep, yep. And we'll definitely be talking uh, a lot more about insurance. That's a great segue, actually, um, because this is the end of our section. Our audience has gotten to know you. We're all besties now. And we can move on um, to our interview segment where we talk a little bit more about um, insurance protection and life protection and how to go about all of that. Um, I wanted to start really broadly. Uh, Our show is about um, self-improvement and personal development. So, how do you define personal development? So personal development can be broken down like three categories, okay? So first of all, you have to be, you have to remain coachable. You have to remain teachable and you have to be able to accept change when change is needed. Um, some of our famous athletes still have a coach. And if you have got to a point in your life where you feel like you don't need to read books anymore, you're no longer developing. Or if no one can teach you anything because you feel like you figured it out or you figured it out on your own, then you're not growing. You're pretty much going to, you just stagnant because you think you know everything. So I feel like personal development is three categories and those categories are very detailed. They're very personal. Um, being willing to change may just be not 
hitting snooze button. It could be be determined to start going to gym once a week. It could be stop scrolling and actually pick up a book or read. And I feel like um, being coachable, you always have to work on your skill. You always have to work on public speaking. You always have to try new things and you need coaches along the way. And if you stop that, you basically stop developing. And I like the idea of having coaches and people to continue and to, to constantly teach you things because it makes the process feel a lot less lonely, um, right. which which can make it so much harder. Yeah. And plus, if they've been or they are where you're trying to go, they can kind of help you avoid those pitfalls to help you get there quicker, which is pretty much what those that actually want you to succeed do. They want you to do what they did, but they want you to do it quicker because they want to see you successful. But if you feel like you don't need them, then you're not developing. You're pretty much just taking a huge unnecessary risk. Absolutely, absolutely. And what do you feel are the main challenges in personal development? It's just your willingness to change. Um, For some of us, it's hard to get up early in the morning. For some of us, it's hard to get motivated to go to the gym. It's hard to stop scrolling when there's like an interesting thing going on in the world. And it's hard to set boundaries, even from your professional life to your personal life. Like it's hard for some people to like not bring work home, but that may be something that you need to be willing to change. And it could be, you know, maybe I need to change slightly my personality. Maybe I come across too passive. Maybe I come across too aggressively. And just your willingness to say, I'm not wrong. I just need to develop to become better. And no one's saying you're wrong because you need to change. This is part of growing up. You're developing. So I think that's the hardest part. It's just being willing to accept the change that it may be time for a change. I'm not wrong. This is just part of growth, part of maturity. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, And there's no real, I guess, way to segue into I guess the main part of our show um from that but I do I I do want to know what what is insurance protection what exactly is it how would you define it um if if it is the kind of thing that has various definitions or is a personal definition yeah so life insurance is more than one thing okay Mm -hmm. life insurance is peace of mind life insurance is security Life assurance is opportunity. Life assurance is actually you have the ability to become your own bank. Life insurance is passing down wealth. Life insurance is leaving a legacy for your family. A lot of people don't know this, but um, you have different, I guess, like elite groups like the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilt. The Rockefellers use life insurance to pass down their wealth because they understood how life insurance worked. You know, you can leave a death benefit to your loved ones and that creates a huge relief because part of your income is not no longer available for the family, but your family is able to still survive. And even though like you're not replaceable, we would rather have you, but since you're not replaceable, you do want to make sure that you do leave a good financial from your family. So life insurance is all of those things. It's not just, oh, it's just for when I die. You can use life insurance while you're still living. Absolutely. Absolutely, you can. And um, 
with this, I'm breaking this down, I guess, for the people that maybe don't understand insurance a lot because it can be quite complicated. You know, I'm in my, I'm in my twenties as well. So I know a lot of people my age who really don't know very much at right. all. Um, life insurance and health insurance, um, they're two different things, but how linked are they? Um, especially within, you know, insurance structures and that kind of thing. Right. So life insurance falls into two categories. You have your term, which is like a temporary, and then you have like your whole life, which pretty much lasts for your entire life. Now, when it comes to health insurance, that's a little bit separate. So that's a little bit more of um, like something like your benefits package when it comes to like health insurance. But life insurance is specifically for your life. It's not necessarily like for your health, if that makes sense. Um, there's key components to life insurance. Um, you have like your owner, which is the person who is paying for the policy. You have the insured. The insured is the, the one that is covered. You have your insurer, which is the company that you bought the life insurance for, from. Um, you have your premiums, which is how much you're gonna pay to keep that insurance policy active. And then you have your death benefit, which is the person that received the proceeds in the event of your death. Right, Those are key right. factors when it does comes to insurance that you need to know. And thank you so much for um, explaining all of that terminology for us as well. Um, again, like I said earlier, some of this stuff is just not clearly explained to people, I think, around the time around the time that it needs to be okay. insurance is being sought out. Um, and I guess from what I understand, the way you were talking about life insurance, it's almost like an investment as well um, that, you know, you're passing, when you're passing a legacy down to your family, it's it's almost, it, you're making sure that there's like some kind of value placed on, on you that can then be put to use by your loved ones later on. Correct, correct. That's the, that is the, where the peace of mind comes in, okay? No matter what happens, you're going to be taken care of financially. And where that comes in is, you know, if I don't have to worry about not going back to work because no one left behind me enough income, but no one structured a policy to be able to say, if in the event something happened, I can stay off work versus bereavement is only X amount of days. I have to go back to work. Being able to say, hey, I have left behind a foundation so you can focus on your emotional well-being, focus on the children, focus on, hey, how is the bills going to get paid? Is our mortgage going to finally get paid off? Will the kids be able to still remain in college? Like, will the car get paid? Will their car get paid? Will their debt get paid off? There's so many things and so many emotional protection that comes with life insurance. For sure, for sure. How then, and I feel like you've almost answered half of this question, but how does insurance protection and life insurance uh, relate to personal development? Absolutely, it's responsibility, okay? There are, so let's get back to terms. So term insurance is only temporary. That's why it's called term, okay? Then you have permanent insurance, okay? Permanent insurance is very unique because it has something called cash value, okay? Cash value grows as the policy grows. Now, 
when that policy grows, when that cash value grows, you have access to that cash while you're still living. So it comes to personal development. We can use those funds while we're still living. That's what it's for. But also not lose our death benefit. Okay. So now if I want a personal development, if I needed to put down a down deposit, if I need to use that money to grow my business, if I needed to use that money for college, if the policy is able to have the funds that you need to withdraw, you can withdraw that while you're still living. That is a huge benefit to permanent life insurance is that cash value aspect. It grows and you don't, it never goes backwards. Unless you pull some of it out, that cash value is going to go down a little bit, of course, because you withdraw it or you borrowed it. But that death benefit stays there. And now I'm able to basically be my own bank. I can withdraw that money tax-free because I've already paid taxes on that money that I pay with my premiums, which is a huge benefit. Huge benefit. A lot of people really do like that permanent life insurance because of the tax advantages that it comes with that. Um, it does kind of remind me a little bit the way you were talking about of like stocks and the stock market and people making investments in um, kind of uh, kind of the more stable stocks, I guess. And then like just being able to take that money out uh, or cash in on those, you know, eventually. It does feel a bit like that sometimes, but I think what you're suggesting is that uh, when you take life insurance, one, it does appear to be a bit more stable than perhaps the stock market. Um, but two, uh, there's kind of that added benefit of, um, your family having immediate access to some of that money in a time of need, which would be kind of very soon after your death. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I will say that's very important <laughs> that we're having this conversation because for those that already are familiar with this, uh, for those who already do have life insurance, it's very important that we speak with financial representatives or we speak with financial advisors to revisit those policies to make sure they're still serving and they're still doing for us what we need to do. The reason why that's so important is um, there was a gentleman that passed away unexpectedly, leaving behind a wife and a teenage little girl when they went to the policy, his ex-wife was still the beneficiary, meaning that his current wife and his current child were not the beneficiaries. So they did not receive the death benefit his ex-wife did. So this is why it's so important, even if you do have those policies, you need to review those. When it comes to major life events, that's the time to really, hey, you know, do I need to shop for a new financial representative or a new advisor? Do I need to contact my current one? And at that point, you need to really make a decision. Do you have someone that is offering your product or do you have someone that's building a relationship with you that's actually communicating with you on the regular, checking in, seeing if, hey, the structure, the plan, the strategic planning that we put in place, is that still working? So yeah. when it comes to, did they just send me a product? Or do I, am I actually building a relationship? When it comes to major life events, I would strongly advise building a relationship with a financial advisor or a financial representative to make sure everything's current. And if there is a plan in place, 
where are we in that plan? And is that plan still working? Mm, and that process of review, I think in general is so important. Just It's just a simple process of making sure your details are up to date and that, you know, your benefits are going to the right people. Yeah. Um, and uh, that that is something that just kind of falls back of mind, even though so many life right. changes happen because you do it once and then it's like, okay, that's it. Like Correct. it's done. I don't have to think right. about it. Right. And life change events are divorce, expanding your family. I just got a house. So you may have a death benefit that is less than your house. So you need to revisit those to make sure those policies that are in place are still doing what you need them to do, which is being able to replace my income in the event of uh, something unexpected happening. I do want to mention if you don't have insurance, then you're considered to be self-insured, meaning that you are assuming the risk in the event something happens. So, you know, people rent apartments. Apartment companies do not depend on you to be self-insured. They require renter's insurance. So why would you be self-insured when it comes to your own life? If apartments and homes require you to get insurance, why aren't you getting insurance for your own life? Why be self-insured? Why take on that risk for yourself when the insurance company says, we have a contractual agreement that if you pay this policy in the event of unexpected, contractually, the insurance company is obligated to pay that claim. It's the same thing. You should take care of your life the same way you protect your car, you protect your apartment and you protect your house. It's no different. You need to protect your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I guess the kind of logical question after that is how do you best choose, how do you choose the best insurance plan for you and figure out what actually works? Um, Cause I'm assuming, you know, people from so many different lifestyles at the moment. And Boy. at the time we're recording this, I'm sure there's like cost of living pressures in, in the US. There's definitely them here in Australia as well. How do people wrangle all of that and figure out an, a life insurance plan that, that actually works for them? Good question. And that's a very easy one to answer. Policies can be structured for individuals. So again, this is why it's important to have a relationship and not just have someone that's going to sell you a product. Okay. I will always advise first the seven steps. I will for always advise financial education is number one. Then we talk about proper protection. Then we need to talk about your emergency fund. Then after that, debt management. Then after that, cash flow. After that, let's build your wealth. After that, let's protect your wealth. Then now let's revisit financial education. It's always a cycle, okay? There's, I can't say, oh, term insurance is best for this or permanent insurance is best for that because we don't know. A diverse portfolio of both may be, may, may be best. You may not need term insurance because of where you're at in life and permanent insurance may be better. So I truly believe that whatever your goals are, whatever, what, what you need insurance to do for you, you need to actually have a relationship with someone to sit down and say, this is what I need. This is my plan. This is what I want to leave behind for my family. What does that look like? And what's the best financial 
vehicle to use to accomplish what I want done. Mm, mm, absolutely. And how do you go about finding the right person? What are the signs? Like, what should we be looking out for? So number one, are they trying to sell you something? Do they know how money works? Do they follow up? Or the first thing they talk about, did they talk about life insurance from the beginning? Or do they take the time to actually listen to you to figure out what's important to you? Because life insurance is a great vehicle, but it may not be the only vehicle. Again, you may need a diverse portfolio with life insurance. You may need someone to review your 401k. You may need someone to teach you about annuities. You may need those things. So I would always advise find someone that understands financial literacy, someone who has taken a course when it comes to financial education, because if they can, if they know how money works, then they can teach you how money works. And I feel like that will create a safe environment because, hey, if you can teach me how long it's gonna take my money to double, you can teach me how to protect myself and you can lead me to the path of, this is what I wanna leave for my family my family name, my family legacy, this is what I want to do. And just having having that someone with all the knowledge that will help you make an informed decision makes such a huge difference instead of just being kind of sold something on the spot oh, <laughs> or, or told to get something without any kind of consultation. Absolutely. Because if you get in the wrong thing, you run the risk of losing money, you run the risk of not understanding how the tax benefits and you could be missing out on huge information. So I always just work with people that your energy level matches, your personality level matches. You just got to be, be able to show that, you know, you didn't have a good vibe and someone is just not just a scammer because you have, unfortunately, this field, we have those. So you really have to use discernment and make sure, you know, can I look this person up? this person work with a valid company or the independent broker. You just have to make sure you do your due diligence and not just sign on the dot line just because someone said that's who they were. Mm, absolutely. Um, what what are red flags? Uh, you mentioned, you know, someone trying to sell you something at the very beginning. Are there any others? Someone just so eager for you to just buy. Okay, if someone is pushing that you really need this, you really need this. And if you have, I always go with your gut feeling. If you don't feel good about it, I would not do it. Um, a lot of times, insurance companies would not just send you a text asking you for information. Do not send social security numbers, driver's license number, date of birth information through text. If you're not familiar with the email address, do not respond. Um, if there's a phone number that you're not comfortable with, don't dial the phone number. So those are just different ways that scammers do try to come through via email or text message. Mm, absolutely. Um, well, that kind of brings us to the end of our interview segment where we've talked about kind of what insurance protection is, what life insurance is, and kind of looked at how it can work as an investment. Um, I might move on now to our practice slash habit experiment debrief um, in which we try and apply some of what we've learned um, to 
into practice and into real life. Um, so I guess my question for you um, then is what is a practice that you have done um, or would like to recommend to cultivate, you know, life insurance protection um, or in kind of savings investments or life and health protection? And I guess follow up from that, because that's a lot of words <laughs> that don't necessarily go together. Um, how can people improve their literacy around these kinds of things? So great question. I have this book, How Money Works. Um, this is a great book. It really teaches you how money works. If you want to know how money works, I would highly recommend you purchasing this book. Um, they're also coming out with a How Money Works for Women, which I'm really excited about it. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, I'll, I'll actually be doing something with that. And um, keeping up to date with what's happening in the economy, okay? Mm -hmm. It is a little bit of the shopper or the client's responsibility to have a knowledge of what's going on in the economy. That is part of like your homework. That's part of like your skills. That is a part of something that you actually need to be knowledgeable about because if you don't, you become very vulnerable to someone who may be taking advantage of you. If you're not familiar with what is happening, um, there's a lot of things going on in the banking world. You need to be keeping up with what's going on with your accounts. You need to check in with your financial advisors, with your financial representative. If you have any questions, call them. If they don't know the answer, they'll get the answer to you. But you have to stay current when it comes to your finances. Yeah. And I think that's like very current advice at the moment, considering, you know, the recent banking failures and you know, uh, the just inflation kind of being through the roof at the moment. Um, really, really important to have that context before making decisions about your money. Correct. Correct. You need yeah. to know how that impacts you and you need to know, okay, if eggs are this much, how much would eggs be when my children become my age? You like, you got to have those conversations and those are, I don't want to say tough conversations, but those are necessary conversations to be able to have because my dad talks about how bubblegum was five cents. Bubblegum is not five cents in that world. So eggs may not always be seven, eight, nine dollars. They may be 12 and that may become like the new normal. So like you have to stay current and you have to think about not only just for today, but again, is your policy doing what you need it to do for you? So you have to think about inflation. You have to think about life changes. Absolutely. I think that's such a great way of putting it. Um, what what are three, three good things about this practice is I guess this awareness of how money works. I think it's just so much that you can do with this. Um, when we sit down and we talk with clients, we have those tough conversations of um, when it comes to life insurance, it may be time to talk about wills and trusts. It may be time to have conversations with that attorney to say, you know, in the event of my passing, this is what I want to leave behind and to who. In the event of my passing, this is where I want the money to be. This is, and attorneys can help you with that. Um, in the event of my death, who makes that tough decision on 
like support or no like these are tough conversations that you definitely have to have and the enjoyment that i get is saying hey you have someone here that can refer you to a really good attorney that can have those tough conversations because they know what they're talking about and they know what you need to talk about even though they're tough no one wants to talk about them but you need to and just knowing that in the event if something were to happen you took care of that client and got an outside professional to come in to say, this is part of your protection meeting. This is part of your protection plan. So being able to extend my practice out to other attorneys and legal advice that I'm not licensed to actually, you know, consult on, being able to know that, hey, at the end of the day, they're covered and they can go to bed knowing, hey, in the event something happens, my legacy still lives on, my last name does not die out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess that kind of leads uh, well into my next question, which is like the challenges around, you know, keeping yourself up to date, staying knowledgeable, staying literate around these things. Um, I'm already thinking as you were speaking that, you know, there's a lot of with kind of the economic situation right now, but also in general, there's just a lot of insecurity and anxiety around finances for a lot of people um but also just the topic of life insurance in general I think people don't like talking about the event that they might pass uh, right. it can be quite distressing I guess so that's I you know in terms of like that's a challenge I can already spot as as, as something that might cause issues in kind of tackling this head-on I agree I do think Unfortunately, everyone has access to information and sometimes it can become information overload that you don't know what to do because you have so many choices now. So that's kind of like works against us before us at the same time, because when they come here, we're able to kind of like put everything out on a piece of paper and make it all pretty and shiny with rainbows and unicorns and say, you know, it's not as scary as it actually looks. It's really fun once you start to implement it with how it can work for you. You're just really getting general information, but if you have someone that know how to structure it specifically for you, it's not so scary. A lot of people think they don't need life insurance until, but let me just be mindful, the older you get, the higher that premium will be. So it's very good to start those policies when you're young, if you can. If you are older and you want to start investing or start looking into policies now is the time to really go to a financial representative or financial advisor to say hey i don't know how, what a policy can do for me but this is what i need and then go from there and they'll be able to lead you to that right path so even though it's information overload bring it to us we can handle the information overload and we can organize it for you I would love to have my life insurance policy kind of with like little rainbow and unicorn stickers <laughs> just all over it. <laughs> I think exactly. it would make it so much easier. <laughs> exactly. I wish we could do that, but unfortunately, regulation while we're Oh no! Oh, they should change the regulations. That's that's not a good one. I think I, I think it's a good thing that insurance is regulated, but oh, they yeah. should change that one. They should change yeah. that one. Yeah, make it prettier. <laughs> Uh, are there any other challenges that you've come across um, around this? I think financial education and the lack of it, there's not enough of financial education 
there's a lot of terms, but people don't know how to apply it because it's not being taught regularly. It's not being taught enough. And again, that is something that is missing. You have a lot of people that work 30 years on a job and they still don't know how money works because to them, hey, I work, I get a paycheck. But no one has sat down to say, hey, let me show you how money works. Oh, money can work for me now. And so I think another challenge is getting the word out there of financial education has to be like step one before we actually get into protection because that's something that you actually need to know because the information you can pass down to someone else who don't know, then that's pretty much the best way you can start teaching your kids. That's the best way you can start, you know, changing the economy in your environment and when your state, I mean, those are conversations that you could actually have at schools. Financial education is key. I'm just thinking, I don't know about the US, but here in Australia, we don't learn about insurance in school at all. Um, and we learn very little about just financial management in general. We learn the basics like um, how the economy works on kind of a okay. macro scale, but we're not really taught um, about, you know, the everyday kind of handling your money and managing all of that. Yeah, same here. It's it's not talked about enough. I will say it's not talked about enough. Um, you have a lot of folks that they don't know how to calculate how long it's going to take for their money to double. And so it's like, oh, I put money in a savings account. People don't get rich putting their money in a savings account because mm -hmm. that's not how money doubles. It's a good tool as far as protection, but it's not a good tool if you want growth over a certain span of, of years. You need to really get involved with someone that's licensed and qualified to have those conversations with. This is how money works and this is how long it's going to take your money to double in these type of policies that we've talked about today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how do you feel um, this impacts your per perception in life and your personal life? Um, I think it, it brings relief that I'm out here actually changing an economic story. And then not for the whole entire world, but actually for a community actually for the, the children for tomorrow. And I think that's huge. Um, you have a lot of people, they do GoFundMe because no one took the time to sit down and say, this is important. We need to have this conversation. Regardless if you believe it in it or not, allow, at least allow me to explain to you how money works and how money works can actually work for you in the event of something unexpected. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned that you have the potential now to change, maybe not the world, but a community. And I think that, you know, on an individual level, sometimes the most significant change you can make is within your community um, and your immediate surroundings. Correct, because if you can build a school, if you can build a hospital, if you can sit on a board and if you can be able to fund your way and be able to make changes in your community in a positive way, that's huge. I mean, that's huge. If you can provide a car or car seats, or if you can start a nonprofit just to give back, those things take money. And that's huge of like rebuilding 
your economy, for your community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, based on your experience, do you have a recommendation of a practice or habit that you would combine with these seven steps or perhaps use to improve the seven steps? Absolutely. I think, well, of course, everybody knows YouTube University, um, but there are different classes um, that you can actually read um, uh, if you're interested in taking your license health license to be able to get um, licensed and, you know, come participate with us in this field. Um, there's different platforms that will give you classes that you can, all, you know, pay for and be able to study to pass that. Um, one particular that I use is Azam FX. Um, it's really good. I use that to pass my life and health and I'm using that to actually work on my SIE. Um, so, but there's many platforms. You just really got to do your research to say, you know, I'm really interested in getting my life and health. I'm really interested in learning um, about what an SIE is or investments. There's just so much information out there um, that I would just say you just really have to do your research. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that brings us to the end of our uh, practice slash habit experiment debrief. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. I'm sure absolutely. that the audience has some amazing takeaways from that, that they can kind of go and sit on and think about um, a little bit. Um, we now have a bunch of questions from the audience. Are you happy to answer them? Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, so what are some of the common questions or concerns that people have when purchasing insurance? Um, how much is it going to cost? That's the number one thing. And that's why actually going through the seven steps I talked about is huge because after we look at the protection that you need, we need to look at your emergency fund, your debt management, your cash flow. We need, we need to look at all of those things to see, hey, you know, what can we start putting in place to ensure that we can be sure to like, that we're protected and that we have enough for us to cover this in the event of an unexpected. So life insurance policies range and we can definitely make them affordable. But again, you need to go through those steps with a financial representative or financial advisor to make sure that cash flow that wealth building is is has a strategic plan behind it while we're actually putting those applications in for those life insurance policies. Mm, mm, absolutely. Um, I guess the next question is, what are the main aspects of our lives that might require insurance outside of just our life and health? Um, legacy, passing down wealth, um, being able to be your own bank, those are all important. And I mean, I can, we could talk for hours about the tax benefits. We can talk for hours about the um, additional, we call them riders that you can attach to a policy. We can talk for hours about, I mean, this is a very detailed question, um, but those are things that you can actually do with life insurance policy. Yeah, I feel like um, you could have an entire episode on oh, the various kinds of insurance and how to protect that. Like it's this whole own thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, and 
what are some strategies to kind of think about optimizing your insurance coverage? And I guess I they don't give any more details in this, but what I'm assuming is perhaps the review process and checking whether it's still right for you. What what are things to keep in mind, perhaps? I think I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's what they mean. I don't know for right. sure. Absolutely. So with the event of a life-changing event, you know, if you are going through a divorce, you need to revisit that death benefit person. I mean, the beneficiary. Um, in the event of you expanded your family, it's a child covered now. Or, you know, would you like to put your child as a beneficiary? And then, you know, your financial advisor representative can kind of orchestrate that properly for you. Um, if you just built a new house, if your income increased, so many factors can go into why you would need to revisit that. Um, but major life events that happen, revisit those. And a final question, how young is too young to get life insurance? Yeah, there's not really how young. Uh, that's... Uh, Anyone can be covered if it's if it's properly strategically done by a financial representative. Okay, um, so you someone can get covered as fifteen days old. Someone can be covered if they're seventy five years old. So you really just really have to sit down. And again, this is one of those questions where. What type do you actually need and how do you need to be structured for you? And I'm assuming, you know, um, stuff like health, existing conditions and all of that would factor into whether it's something you want to consider, especially if you're talking about a 15 month old baby. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. So making sure those like we, if you have a baby, you know, that baby needs to be covered. We need to have a conversation of what that looks like on paper. So those are like very key. That's a life changing event. That's a very thing that people kind of forget. And it's like, yeah, that you can, we just have the conversation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that brings us to the end of our questions um, from the audience segment. Um, so thank you so much for answering them. I'm sure the audience really appreciates it. Absolutely. Um, we now have um, the open mic, which I like to call a mini TED talk where I let you kind of just go off uh, for a few minutes about anything you feel um, you, you want to talk about at this point. So did you have a topic in mind? So how money works. Okay. I am passionate about how money works because it's something that everybody needs to know. You not only need to know how money works, but you need to know that how money works for you. You need to understand what money is. You need to understand how to calculate how long it's gonna take for your money to double. You need to understand, and if this is, you know, when it comes to women, knowing that, hey, it's okay for you to know how money works because that's something that you need to know. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are, this is something that you need to know. This is part of like your personal development, your growth, you need to know these things. You need to, um, if you have a bank account, you need to know what's going on with that bank account. You need to know the interest rate on that bank account. If you have a CD, you need to know the interest rate on that CD. If you have a mortgage, you need to know 
your interest rate on that mortgage. You need to know the, how much is going to interest. You need to know how much is going to principal. These are like how money works. This is important things that you need to know because it's going to say, hey, I'm paying on a mortgage. This is how much I'm actually going to pay to the bank. This is how you need to know those choices. If you're getting an auto loan, how much am I going to pay? Actually, when this loan is done, how much would I have paid? Did I pay for this car twice or did I pay for it three times? That's how money works. You actually need to know those things. If you have credit card debt, what is your interest rate? You need to know how long it's going to take you to pay that off. These are conversations that you have to know how money works. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that you made a really good point about like women in particular. I think at least in the 20, 20th and 21st century we're socialized to not think about money. It's kind of for, for the men to kind of handle um, the finances. But I think it's, it's really, really important um, that we're aware of what is happening to our finances and where it's going and how to manage it better. Um, it's really interesting, actually. I'm like a bit of a history nerd and I'm reading this book about medieval roles, uh, women, women's roles. Um, and it talked about how back then um, that was the women's job, managing the money, managing the finances of the household um, and the business. Uh, it was always women. It was considered women's work. And it's really interesting how that's kind of turned around and not really the case anymore. So. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's what I love how many works for women because Hey, you know, life changes and happens for us too, but we still need to know. And that's not taking away a duty. That's not taking away a title. That's literally just information that you need to know for yourself. Because in the event something happens, at least you have that knowledge to be able to grow off on and be able to back yourself up with in the event that you needed to know for yourself. Absolutely. It's, it's that awareness is just so important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, well, Erica, thank you so much uh, for joining me on the show today. I've learned so much um, and I'm probably going to go out and get life insurance now. <laughs> um, but uh, where can where can our audience find you? Um, so my website is still been developing. So we'll communicate that um, later where you have access to that. Um, so I don't want to say it is not ready yet so I'll definitely be in communication with that of how to like find me but you know Erica Miles on Facebook you can find me there Erica Miles on Facebook and I guess if the show is out before the website is ready we will put put the Facebook details in but we'll Perfect. try and update we'll try and update the website as well when that comes in as well yeah, so that people absolutely. in the future can still can still access it yeah yeah absolutely Amazing. Um, I've had such a great time talking to you. Um, I really, really appreciate the time that you've taken to explain everything so well today. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. Uh, me too. I've had a great time. You've been listening to Self-Improvement Atlas, the personal science insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. For more episodes like this from 10 different life management perspectives, search LMSL on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you can get updated on everything we have to offer. We have a wide range of topics readily available for you to check out. If you enjoy this episode, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel, as it helps us grow and bring you more quality resources. More of our work can also be found on our website at pe.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Aditi Kutti. Thanks for tuning in.